0: Um, hey friends, my name is Heaney. Um, I'm an alcoholic um, and a general hot mess, and I have found sobriety, and I'm slowly finding emotional sobriety by um, using the uh, recovery process of twelve step and recovery Dharma and whatever the fuck I can get my hands on. Um, I'm slowly learning that you know all of all of these programs, every single person that I meet on my journey. Um, will have something to offer me um, to help me on my journey to sobriety or emotional sobriety. Basically, just not having a noisy head anymore. Um, uh, I'm trying to think where to start with. Um, I'll just probably say that the reason I'm in secular AA versus traditional AA um but a religious trauma I do not like being controlled <laughs> I have like this major fear that kind of kicks in and I just think you know the world's going to end if if you know if I'm in a room where it feels a little bit conservative uh, so I have huge relief when I hear um that we have freedom of expression um in this room and what gets me is why why can't they just say that in regular way you know they they kind of talk about you know you have to have a god and everything, but this this program works just as well. So anyway, I'll stop ranting and I'll I'll share my experience of, specifically to do with my drinking um, and my alcoholism. Um, when I came into the rooms the first time, I was twenty four. Uh, I had been drinking for three years at that point. I had left home, and I had left Mormonism at the age of eighteen. And I proceeded straight to the gay bars, where I had the time of my fucking life. Uh, drugs was definitely part of my story as well, um, and I had just come from a absolutely suffocating existence uh, in the Mormon um, faith. I had a father for a bishop. Um, you know, we were we were very heavily involved. Like it it was bordering on cult, um, but you know, I'm, I'm yeah. I'm not that fucked up, but apparently <laughs> I still feel very fucked up. Um, <clears throat> I had no, no exposure to alcohol or drugs growing up. My childhood was very happy. Uh, my father was like the apple of my eye. I absolutely adored him. Everybody loved him. He was charismatic. Um, he knew how to lead people, and so he was... I guess what I wanted to be when I grow up, but I looked at my mother and I had to replicate her behaviour because I had a vagina and I had to be a woman and I had to like be a subservient person who did all the dishes like my mother did. So, you know, that that's my that's my shit to deal with with um thinking that I had to follow this path um that was laid out before me. I had, yeah. I do remember seeing people drinking when I was growing up and I was so curious. I was like, what's going on? That smells so good. That cigarette smells so good. They look like they're having a great time. Everybody who drank looked like they were having a great time, but it was inherently evil um, to my eye growing up. Uh, like a lot of people, you go to a religious high school and that kind of fucking ruins everything about religion for you. I did not like it one bit. I didn't really want to go, but you know, my father had been to the high school. Um, you know it had a bit of history there it was the only Mormon high school um in the southern hemisphere so we went and it was it was absolutely stifling and suffocating it was one of those high schools that didn't teach sex education uh, because you know we weren't supposed to have sex you were supposed to abstain from having sex and i was quite you know naive so i kind of just went along going oh is this what i supposed to be like um meanwhile like all my peers were off Drinking and smoking, and and doing this, that, and the other at high school, and I didn't even realize I was so oblivious to it all. Like I was um, a fairly uh, high achieving student. Like I thought I had to do pretty well, well to you know please my family and please my parents, um, because that equated to like financial return. Like we would save money if we got on the honor rolls for being a good student. You'd have to pay less fees. Uh, So you know being a good human wasn't just wasn't just for for the moral reward, it was financial reward for my family too um so it was heavily heavily ingrained into my head um but it was marriage that really kind of like I guess was a big issue for me because in Mormonism you had to get married for time and all eternity sorry about that alarm going off in the background beside the place play school um and as as a child, this concept just completely got lodged into my brain, and I'm still trying to squeeze that shit out. Uh, the concept of like being stuck in a marriage and being stuck in a community, um, it's it's still there, and I still have this absolute repulsion to it. Um, that that's what I have to do, or I'll go to hell and it's really fucked up knowing and and talking about this logically because it sounds really fucking stupid but that's still what goes on in my mind and um you know the longer I can stay sober the more chance I have of that eventually going away I see people with long-term sobriety who keep telling me (laughs) just keep coming back it will go away eventually but at the moment you know I'm still just a hot mess that still has this absolute knee-jerk reaction to anything that tells me to um live be exist or believe in in a certain belief system I did have an appreciation for like the ritual and the community of religion um you know those are kind of like inherently human things that um pull us together having a room where we can kind of connect and share and speak um having fellows and friends who have similar ideals and beliefs I I had that But it had to be a certain way. As soon as I left when I was 18, um, I was so happy about not being confined and controlled by that. But at the same time, I had this huge hole and they call it the God-sized hole. It wasn't just God. It was my whole family. My parents had been divorced. Uh, There was no more financial or any financial support from them. Um, I had moved out of home. Um, and I had put myself into university, and I was living on a student loan to kind of get through. Uh, My parents had separated, so like we very rarely caught up for uh, Christmas birthday celebrations, so I didn't have a close, immediate family unit that had dissipated. My Mormon culture and community that I had spent every waking moment throughout high school was gone. Um, so what else is there to replace that than drugs and alcohol it was so painfully cliche but that that was my story and it was um, incredibly isolating and it made me feel incredibly alone and the boozing kind of got me through part of it but it's just yeah but the bit But I I also kind of was very aware that my mental health was really suffering as well. Like, I was severely depressed. Um, I went on to medication. I don't know how the fuck I made it through university, but I did. Um, Despite, you know, being put into hospital multiple times, um, getting pregnant, having abortions, just all the shit that goes on in your early 20s when you're just being, young and stupid. I was very it was very easy for me to kind of brush off as this is a here and now problem. But it was really fucking with my life. Um and so yeah at 24 when I tried AA I walked in, I saw the God stuff. I went, no fuck that. I'm just I cannot, I cannot be in a room uh with people who are talking about God. But I got a whiff of something and I saw that it was working for some people. Um but church holes, so oh my God, I just can't I just can't do. That. I have no I'm not there yet Um, I went I, I went to probably I'd say I went to about two months worth of meetings and I thought that my drinking got worse I watched my drinking go from like binge drinking to like binge drinking and waking up in the next town over or binge drinking and waking up in the tree playing bongos coming down off acid like it just got really fucking weird and I was like okay this isn't this is obviously not working so I blamed AA and um I stopped going and I don't know how but I managed to kind of string together a bit of a a life like life was still chaotic and crazy Uh, somehow I kind of pulled through and life settled down just a little bit. I got a partner, I got a job, um, I I acted like a normal human being. Um, I decided to give this like marriage and children thing a go because um, I still had it in my head that, you know, this was was a lifestyle that was going to offer me some sort of stability because that's what I was desperately searching for because mine had fallen apart. So I thought, well, maybe I can remake my own. completely pushing aside the fact that I was gay (laughs) I thought maybe it was just a phase maybe this will work I I tried it for eight years it didn't work Um, I ended that relationship drinking the whole time my partner was um, a total pothead I was a total booze hag we were a match made at heaven we always had a great time we always threw great parties so you know, we were heavy users and abusers, but we made it work because all the people that surrounded us were also very heavy drinkers. Um, and if they weren't, they were the boring people, which I choose to avoid. You know, they were settling down and having babies and getting mortgages. Um, and it, again, like, as soon as I saw people doing that, I just got that knee-jerk reaction of like, oh my God, get me away from them. These breeders, what are they doing? I, I just, I couldn't be around it. I, my head was so fucking um, repulsed. By the idea of conforming um I just I turned around and just went in the opposite direction so after I broke up with David um you know the light bulb went back on I like oh my god how could I figure I was gay um all of these parts about myself that you know were just pushed down and pushed down and pushed down ah, finally had kind of come to the surface and I was you know even though I was still drinking like it, I felt like I was finally able to kind of Find a little bit more about myself. I was still drinking, and I think I, I was thirty nine when I had been trying for about probably two years to really kind of like pull back on my drinking. I was pretty isolated I was li- still living with people, but the housing situation was getting a bit um hectic because I was just starting to argue and um just have really tumultuous relationships with the people that I lived with. Um, I I was also trying to run a business where I was hosting a lot of kind of like social events. And I could I found that just to get getting harder and harder and harder. And I would be in a group of people I'd be hosting and putting on this like happy face. I'd be about a bottle of wine in and that, and that was a bottle of wine before hosting the event um I'd I'd start having a few more and I would just feel the handcuffs go on and I'd feel this disconnect kind of like the bars would slam shut and I just wouldn't be able to connect with people and that's when I realized that like the alcohol was really not doing what it was doing anymore but it took me a few years of that to kind of finally go okay I better do something about this my whole life I've been trying to do something about it but obviously nothing was really working i did the meditation yoga fucking books uh counseling medications didn't work so for a couple of years i was i was kind of just plodding along i was seeing this counselor and telling her how much of a issue drinking was but i stumbled upon something i think it was on facebook good old facebook algorithms you know just getting in there and sneaking all your information that you google search for shit but uh I think it was any grace control alcohol and she shared her story about drinking and that um finding finding her share about her drinking was when I first clicked with being able to relate to someone I felt something that I hadn't felt pretty much ever before where I felt like someone was sharing my deepest darkest secrets um and I was, I was blown away. Like I, I just, I wanted, I wanted to know more. I wanted to sign up to her thing straight away. I told my counselor, I was like, it's only $600 to join this online community. She was like, "Um, maybe you should just buy the book first. (laughs) I bought the book, um, but I thought that I had kind of found, finally found an answer. I got to the end of that book and they said, okay, like, so if you're still having a problem with drinking, then maybe you should try AA. I was like, fuck that, not doing it. Uh, So I tried another book, I think it was Sobaristas, read that book, said the same thing at the end. If you're still having a problem with drinking, maybe you should give AA a go. Um, And I kind of had to bite the bullet and really suck up my pride. And I had met people before where AA had worked for them. I also thought they were fucked in the head, crazy. I found them to be like evangelical Christians, annoying. Even though I had partied with these people, they were so sober, I was drunk. Um, I still thought that, you know, this one friend in particular, that they were just, they they didn't have what I wanted. But I sucked my pride up enough to go to a meeting and I went in and it was everything that I imagined. And it was fluorescent lit lighting. It was fascist font type on the walls talking about God. Um The room smelled weird. I'm pretty sure it was like liniment and sweat. And I just, I was just like, what the fuck am I doing here? This is not my people. They shared stories. I could kind of relate, but my knee-jerk reaction was really grinding me. Um, But I knew I was fucked and I knew I was broken. And something just kind of got me through getting to meetings for, I think it was three months. And I was probably getting to three meetings a week and I kept coming back. But as soon as I would leave a meeting, I would just watch myself walk to a bottle shop. And it was like I had left my body and I was watching myself just walk to the bottle shop, pick up a bottle of wine, usually two, and just walk back out. And I just, I just, I had no idea like how to put down, how to put it down. And uh, it, it took me getting a sponsor to to figure out what it was that I needed to to put down and that was to be held accountable um to one person even if they kind of looked and resembled a Mormon missionary which scared the shit out of me (laughs) um my bless bless him My my first sponsor was this young young boy um I fucking hated that it was men for men woman for woman that was kind of like told i'm I'm a gender diverse person i identify as non-binary um so when they were like woman for woman i'm like "Mm, this is not gonna work for me how the fuck do i get around this um but i do like a challenge so you know i was i was a high functioning alcoholic so i thought well i'll just keep coming to meetings and i'll keep drinking surely something's gonna kick in nick offered to be my sponsor um and i'm eternally grateful to them because being held accountable to that one person and my stubborn pride got me to stop drinking for the first night just one night of knowing I'm not going to drink tonight and then it got me through the second night and the third night and um this annoying evangelical person who had done AA I had told them that I was giving it a crack and they sent me a um, little packet of stickers uh, and I stuck one on my mirror every morning, probably about 10 days. And I have no like recollection of those 10 days other than it was sheer hell and that I was still getting to meetings. And that's when the meetings really started to like mean a hell of a lot more because I was just shaking with fear, anxiety, uh, my old trauma just kicking me in the ass. And I had nowhere else to be but with other people who were also trembling, shaking with trauma, fucked, fucked as I was. Um, and and it gave me a space to it gave me a space to just be who I was and to be accepted um, with all of me and all that I was. Um, and to not feel judged and to not feel controlled. Um, up until about year of sobriety <laughs> when my sponsor kept saying as long as you believe in something and I was telling him about all these other meetings that I was trying out um and he said one thing kind of too much about having to believe in something that was enough for me to think that 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 was him telling me that I had to believe in God even though it absolutely wasn't but that was my my reaction and so I I ditched him for another sponsor uh who who was secular well not secular but they had started their first started their journey for the first thirteen years as um as a an adamant atheist uh even though they've kind of like morphed into i guess agnostic um I went well she can do it and I finally kind of understood you know go and chase what you want. I saw it in this woman, so uh, she's still my sponsor today and when lockdown happened and the pandemic happened and you know, and I discovered all the secular meetings, it just it blew my recovery up. Like I was already kind of on this like pink cloud high of getting sober, but finding um, finding meetings like the secular meetings just blew my fucking mind. I was so happy. I, I, I finally found that um, that sense of coming home. And there was one meeting in particular which I started frequenting um, it was a punk meeting, it was for NAAA, um, MA, CMA, NEA, uh, they were all um, punks, they were all tattooed, they all listened to punk, <laughs> some of them would tattoo each other during the meeting. Um And it was fucking hilarious. And I was like, oh my God, there really is a space for everyone. Then I discovered the leather meeting, you know, for the International Men of Leather that I could attend and I could identify with, you know, um, just absolute niche groups of people uh, where I could go and I could talk to people that I'd be too shit scared to talk to outside of recovery. I was finally meeting communities and talking to communities of people that I had always wanted to, but I couldn't because. I was too busy being kind of held back with these handcuffs of alcoholism. Um, I'm still shit scared today of a lot of people, um, but it's definitely getting a lot better. Um, I love people, but I'm scared of people. And people say that when they were drinking, that they would always, that they hated people. I never hated people, I hated myself. And so therefore, I hated being around people because of how much it amplified the hating of myself, how separate I felt from other people, um, and the feeling of isolation. Um, being tied to a recovery program, um, I can see today as is, is my way out, as my ticket out of uh, the feeling of suffocating from religion. Um, I realized that I'm not necessarily recovering from alcoholism, I'm recovering from Mormonism. Alcoholism was one of the symptoms. Um, And, you know, like other things come up in our journey and battling for food at the moment. Um, It's like swapping the witch for the bitch. And and that that gives me a little bit more scope to appreciate, um, you know, other other people's recovery journeys and the different programs that I attend as well. Um, I think I'm going to start rambling pretty pretty soon. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to set a topic or anything for people to share on. No, nah. okay. Um, well, I'll just wrap it up there um, and say thank you for inviting me to share. Um, I'm still a hot mess. Like, I'm sitting in the middle of the park because I didn't know what the time meeting was starting. So I'm doing it absolutely on the fly. But hopefully that's come out um, uh, in a somewhat comprehensible form. Um, Thank you, Marsha. I'm I'm so grateful to see you at all of the secular meetings at all hours of the day. You're there. I'm like, you are my rock. I love it. It's like whatever secular meeting, I can pretty much guarantee that Marsha's going to be there. Having another queer person of colour in a meeting, it means a lot to me. I feel less alone. Um, And I'm very grateful to be sober and to be sharing space with all of you. So I'll wrap it up and hope you all have a good day.